All right, welcome into Audio Bistro episode 21. We got Kazmalia on the episode. She is out of California. Um, just getting back from a really cool what, Groove's Crew, right? It's called Groove's Crew 2022. Groove, groove Cruise. Groove Cruise. Say it, you say it five times really fast, actually. Cruise, groove, cruise, groove, cruise, groove, cruise, groove, cruise. Okay, well, that's not fair. I think you said it too I've slow. I've days, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Disqualifying. You said it too slow. Anyways, you just got back from that. Otherwise, you make um, a lot of just awesome EDM tracks, just straight dance music. Um, I guess a groove, a groove cruise is actually a perfect setting. If I were to think of like where I'd want to hear your music, that is probably it. Um, so I'm sure that was awesome. We'll get into it a little bit, but um, just want to share everyone. First of all, thank you so much for coming on. Um, for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I was stoked that we could connect and I can hopefully support your music here. Um, but like just to give everyone a little bit of background on some stuff you, you've accomplished, you were added to AC Slater's Night Bass family. And I personally love Night Bass. I found some of my favorite mu or techno music, especially through Night Bass. So um, when I was reading about that, that was like, oh, well, that's really fucking cool. Love that. Um, and that was, I think, earlier this year. And then you just wrapped up two rounds of tours, but you've had three tours kind of this year already. Am I right? I think it's just like one big tour. One big tour. And it was like a fall or a summer and then like a fall. Well, it started spring. Coachella's like the start date. Yeah. And then it went all the way through Groove Cruise. It's, it's probably going to end next week with Chicago and San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then I'm done for the rest of the year. So okay. until, until, New Year, until New Year's Day. So yeah, so for the rest of the year. <laughs> so yeah, damn, you've had quite a 2022, like a lot going on in that, that San Francisco one. That's the midway. Yes. Right? So um, one of my friends that's been helping me with bookings for the last couple of years, uh, Brendan Ward, he's the talent buyer at the Midway. This is actually my third fresh start. What about my fourth? We all know what happened. Um, and like, it's been incredible every single year. Like I, I've got to meet the coolest people. Um, I usually play on the main stage this year. I'm opening up the main stage. I think I play like two or something like that. And then it's LPG Obby plays after me, um, Wax Motif and John. Ooh, I love Wax. I'm a huge Wax fan. Not to be like, not to be fanboy, but <laughs> love Wax. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. I know. I know most of those people already. I've never actually met Wax Motif, so that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. But I know. Well I know John, so it'll be cool to see them again. Yeah, I think I know them less, but I'm gonna look into a little more. Um, I guess so. You said you're on the main stage, like, how fucking wild is it to like that first time you're like, hey, like you're on the main stage, just like as a DJ. I feel like obviously that's a big accomplishment, like dream goal for anyone who DJs. So like when you got that official, like you booked the main stage, what was like? Where did your heart go? Like, I, where did your head go? <laughs> like, what was that experience like for you? So. If we're talking about the midway, um, ever, my, oh, ever on in ever. A, a main stage, but like your favorite main stage, okay, your favorite main stage. <laughs> okay, um, I closed for Diplo at the midway. Oh, well, that's fucking sick. That, <laughs> that was, like that was a really wild experience because like Diplo himself is a very relaxed, like chill dude and really fun to be around. And like his team or like, I don't know, I don't know exactly who was there with them, but they were very just like, <laughs> like on edge, you know, um, 
like it was weird closing for him too because I like tried to approach the decks like with my USB and like my headphones. So I'm literally just like walking up to the decks like this. Like I'm very fun. <laughs> I played from I was gonna play from two to like close. And his like I don't know if it was his bodyguard or like who a security person. I don't know who the fuck it was. This person literally like like pushes me back. And I'm like, do you want me to DJ or not? You guys need me to be here. Like I swear I'm not just some random person holding headphones. Like I know what I'm doing here. Diplo himself like grabbed me and pulled me towards the stage. Hmm. He was so nice. And he was like, Do you want to like mix into my set or do you want me to stop and so you can go? And I was like, I'll mix into your set. Wow. I, I can mix into your set. And he's like, Casual. What's your name? And he announced my name on the he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Wow. That was pretty crazy because the whole crowd stayed. It was I think it was like twenty five hundred people in that room. Wow. They, they stayed for my whole set, and at the very end, they're like, one more song. And that same security guy was like, no. And I was like, okay. He was right. having a bad day. Dude was having a bad day. Just a bad day. Like, that is... I'm sorry. Jeez. <laughs> I'm getting paid to be here, too. This is also my job. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I, I don't know. Hopefully, he was just having a bad day, because that makes no sense. But, like, that is one of the coolest stories I could have imagined. Like, if... If I was a DJ and Dipple was casually like, hey, do you want to play in my set? I'd like, I'd probably one panic and trip my pants, fall over on the stage, and that's it. Never got to do it. I or, had a little liquid courage because you kind of have to in that situation. I'd had like one or two cheeky little mm, glasses. I understand. He has glass. He has nice wine backstage. <laughs> well, he'd be, insult, he'd be insulted if you didn't try it. Yeah, he had like a charcuterie plate and like wine back Ooh. there. And he's like, would you like some? Diplo, Diplo, just a fancy broad. Um, yeah, he's so that, <laughs> that is awesome that you were able to make that connection. I mean, like, I'm sure, like, the people you got to meet on uh, the Groove Cruise, like, some awesome names. You know, Shipwreck was one that stood out to me, but, like, you know, I might as touch on that. And I didn't get to meet them, and I feel bad. But you get to meet Shipwreck? Well, uh, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be more times. Um, but also, like, I think, do you say Baiju or Bijou? Bijou. Um, Bijou, Shipwreck. Um, I don't think Bijou was on this one. I could have sworn I've seen his name on it. I could be wrong. He's playing Miami. And Maybe that's it. Yeah. And but also... both. So there's a couple of us that are playing both. So this one was Claude Von Stroke in Green Velvet and Set the Sky. Um, and the next one is like Noren Pure um, and other people. I forgot. And other people. That's all right. I just... I had to also... I also had to give a shout out to my guy Newport was also on that. Um, he was a recent episode, recent guest on audio based show and what a pleasure it was to meet him. Just a great dude. Um, but you're meeting all these folks, you're making all these connections, like, you know, kind of thinking back to where your career started, how you got going, like meeting these people now, other people like yourself, just like making big headlines on sets. What's that for like for you a making that connection be like, like, has there ever been that like starstruck moment where you were kind of in your head, like. Is this what it's like to like make it in in a sense like when you're walking around with these people now? Kind of like I kind of got that at Coachella a little bit um, when I could just like you know go wherever I wanted and see. Because like I actually know this person that's my friend, you know. But I feel like it's not like one moment. I feel like you just kind of like ease into it, and I mm-hmm. you never feel like you have a big break or like you made it or something. I know it happens okay. to some people. But for me, it's like, oh, like, this is my friend so-and-so that I met at this party. Or, oh, yeah, like, this is my other friend, you know? And then, like, it just mm-hmm. kind of continues. 
Um, I think it was when I was like backstage at Coachella and then like my boyfriend's best friend is the like photographer and art designer for Phineas. And so we okay. all, we all got to hang out with Phineas. He's just the nicest guy. Damn. I that's think cool. that it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm just like back here. And like, what is so cool? Wow. <laughs> yeah. That would played like, um, what was it? The, it was the light. It was the same people to do lab stage, do lab. Okay. Being in a bottle producers, they had me come out. It was kind of a last minute thing too. Like, do you want to play? Uh, do you want to play Coachella? I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. Kind of. Maybe. Absolutely. That's there, that's wild. There's not many festivals actually. It, there's not many festivals on this earth that'd be like, yeah, like we can't pay you anything, but if you want to just come out and play, Coachella is one of them. And I'm like, yes, I don't care. Like I'll be there. I'll figure it out. I don't know. Where that's I'm a drop. Ev that's a drop. Everything for that moment. That's a everything drops. Then oh, I did. getting married. Getting married. Not any anymore. Like having a kid. Not anymore. You're waiting. Like I would give. Maybe that's a little far. <laughs> give birth oh that would be a sick fucking coachella story <laughs> that would be a, that would make for probably one of the most memorable moments in coachella history so yeah like might as might as well good um what so you were, we're talking about coachella now like how the fuck do you get to that point what got you into djing or into production in the first place like what kind of started that itch and obviously you just got to where you are so like how did you get from a to b now I've always kind of been like a nerd growing up, like love nerds. Perfect. Especially like music. Like I did chorus. I did like competitive choir. Um, I was classically trained in opera. Like I played the piano. Like all that, all that stuff. Um, and then when I like, I didn't party at all in high school. Like I didn't really have that many friends. Like I, did, I didn't like do anything crazy. Like I had a very chill relaxed like suburban high school experience <laughs> a couple friends but like we didn't like i think the craziest thing we ever did was like we went we like rented hotel rooms and like went to the pool for my birthday one year like it literally was it was like nothing crazy and then i turned 18 and then things got crazy <laughs> i heard wow. electronic music for the first time and i was like what is this shit what is this because i grew up in the south you know like it wasn't a thing out there um, this has been, this is when, uh, Strelix was coming up. This was the same year he came up 2011. Um, I heard scary monsters and nice sprites. And it just so happened that he had booked a show the very next weekend. I'll never forget the day, October 1st, 2011. <laughs> and so I went and I met the man. I don't know how this happened. I will never understand how this happened. I, I wasn't even old enough to go. I was like 19. I wasn't old enough to go. I, I went anyway. No one cared. No one cared. I found myself behind the venue, like in this blocked off area. No one, literally, I ran back there. Like no one stopped me. I see him coming out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love your music so much. Like you're a huge inspiration to me. And he was like, oh, thank you so much. And he gave me a kiss on each cheek. Very European of him. So European. Um, I had like drawn him like some like cringy little thing. I don't even remember what. Yeah, just just some weird little dude. But he loved it. He was like, "I'm keeping this forever." And I was like, oh. "What? I know. The fuck?" Yeah, and then we took this photo together. I still I can send it to you. If you want. We took. I, I, I feel. I was literally about to ask. Please tell me you have proof this happened because that feels like so fucking outrageous. It's so hard to believe, but I I totally believe you. And my favorite part about the whole story. Big in my. Out, 
Facebook profile and made it my profile picture. Actually, <laughs> I, have- I would still have it as my profile picture. I don't care what I look like back then. And, and I oh, promise you it wasn't good. <laughs> I look so happy. I'm about to cry. It's actually a really cute little photo. That is so insane. That That's casually how you meet Skrillex. And yeah. I love that. And he was because- such an inspiration. He was the nicest guy. He, you know, I, I didn't have... I, I have had very few experiences with big, famous artists that have been negative. Almost everyone. That's awesome. So nice. So I love cool. that. Like, hold on, I love that. I love that for the entire music industry. Um, that's great. But actually, funny you say that. And I think I was, I think I was younger than you, so I'm not going to age you. Is that the picture? Oh my God, it's real. It actually. It's dead. October first. Wow. I told you, October first, 2011. Damn, she's got, re- she's got, re- she's got receipts. <laughs> she's got receipts. Oh my God, that is awesome. That is so awesome. Um. It's actually, I was just telling the story recently, like, um, what the hell is it called? Um, it, that, ex- those first couple Skrillex songs, when you were just talking about Scary Minds, Monsters and Nice Sprites, those Skrillex songs were the exact same thing that got me into EDM in the first place. That's mm-hmm. kind of the first thing I ever heard. And that's when I first started like getting my taste of like EDM was that, um, and I can't remember the song where I went next. And that's what, I'm sorry. That's where I went next was to Dead Mouse. Some just absolute classics at the time. Like they were just peaking, I think, at that that like that, era that not done peaking. They're not done no 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 but like, he can just, he's, he's never done peaking. He's, yet. Oh, no, sell he out just, to just goes out there's never good. Yeah, he'll sell out to the day he dies, and that's that's fine. You can just oh. peak the rest of your life if you like. <laughs> I, oh, he's my favorite. Okay, so you went from meeting Skrillex and instantly playing on Groove Cruise. That's most of, I mean, he gave you the magic kiss, like, and literally, literally he gave you the magic kiss and well, you became my, an awesome DJ. Well, of my 20s happened between then. So okay, so like sometime 10 passed. years, and, like, that included, <laughs> you know, moving moving from Georgia to Isla Vista, meeting all my friends that I have today, and then moving down to San Diego, going to college, graduating, and then I traveled a lot of different countries, I think 13 different countries. Um, and then I came back and kind of like put my roots down. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, cause I'd always wanted to do it, you know, but I also wanted to enjoy my twenties. If that makes any sense. Like I wanted to do all the twenties things. Like, of course. Yeah. And you know, be a little, live while you're young, be a little rave bunny for a minute, you know, like, <laughs> be like I'm going to be up there one day, hundred percent. And now it's like, I couldn't be a rave. I'm so tired of that. But now it's just like, okay, now I'm. It's a true lifestyle. It takes dedication. I mean, I've gone to a few raves and like, I think, you know, just like a couple. So nothing crazy, but like, it it takes a lot of audio. It's a lot of energy. Literally, it's just a lot of energy for a long time. And like completely drug free for two and a half years. So that doesn't. Still in recovery. I can only handle so much of that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. It gets, I mean, especially when you're now constantly just immersed in it, living it. I'm sure. It's a lot. It's a lot. But okay. So the 10 years that are passing, you're traveling, everything's happening. I'm assuming at this time, are you like picking up DJing at this point? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been producing, I think my first like ever release was some crappy remix contest that I like won. Actually, no, I know what it was meet katie i don't even know if he's still around this like uk garage artist and i like won with this like weird 
trip hop <laughs> thing that people liked back then. Okay, people liked it. Okay, um, fair. And like that was that was it. I think that was 2014 that that happened. There was like mm-hmm. a couple tiny little labels that I released some really cringy stuff. I've been trying to get scrubbed from the internet and it won't go away. Um, I'm gonna find it. You probably will. You probably will. Um, and then I'll post it on my story just to, just so everyone can also. If I have to hear it, they ha- you have to hear it. Yeah, if I have to hear it, you have to hear it. Look, if you if you're gonna listen to it, listen to it to see what someone's journey. Journey. Yes. Like. Listen for the appreciation of the journey. If yes, absolutely. It'll make people feel better about the crap they're making. <laughs> Exactly. I, that's yeah. They'll, they'll help me because I made a lot of crap myself. Yeah, once upon that a time. was like the first time I got into house music because I was making dubstep and drum and bass and just like really weird, weird shit. I mean, yeah. I, I, if I were to dig around in my hard drive long enough, I could show you some of the strangest things. But the, the ideas, oh yeah, cool. It was just you know a lot, a lot of stuff was missing there. Uh, oh yeah, I- absolutely. I have, I have so many like. 20 30 second projects that i just started never picked up they're just there completely incomplete and then just like just some shit on a paper that one day my brain just like i was like oh i need to like get this down or something before i forget about it and then Uh just never come back to it i think it was disclosure that finally really got me into it like big big. that that is one of my i love them to death that's probably one of my favorite groups um I would hope. Definitely disclosure was like the first like okay so this is really what i want to make um, I didn't really get into like tech house until like the dirty bird craze kind of like ripped through California. I loved it. I wanted to be on that label so bad. I could just taste. It. I'm like, I'm going to get on this label. I made friends that were on the label. I'm still friends with everyone on that label. And it just never happened. <laughs> like, Oh God. Oh, my God you don't even know the amount of tracks I sent that man. Oh man. Uh, like literally everything. And I just thought 808 was going to be it. I sent it three times because I was like, they just didn't see it. Oh, that's tragic. I, I, I mean, anyone who sent, submitted their music for anything and like, you know, that like anticipation of you feel it so fucking good. You showed it to people. They think it's well, so fucking good. You send it, it in is. and you're ready to. Cult class uh, now. Yeah. It is a cult. Yeah. Everyone knows that. So I, I had someone in Kansas City like request that like on their phone. It was on their phone. 808. And I'm like, oh, I got to do it. If it's getting if it's getting requested in Kansas City, you know it's getting hit everywhere. I've clicked um, on Groove Cruise and Green Velvet walks in the room, and he's like, "Yep, yep." Like literally, just that alone is like, "Oh my god!" Like that. Was so wow. So what would you say? What would you say? So at Groove Cruise, um, and so I kind of want to. I do want to come back to you know what eventually got you like you know keep going on, but like Groove Cruise, you know, what is real quick? Like what was that setting like in totality? Like maybe. Do they have a bunch of different things going on during everything? Like, is there a bunch of just a random different shit everywhere? Like, what is what is Groove Cruise like? Day. So, like, if you want to do something, you'll, like, it's not like one place has music going 24 hours. There's, like, I think it's, like, six or seven or eight different areas. Um, and you can find music 24 hours a day. You can find an activity most of the time. Um and there's like a 20 there's 24 hour food i didn't even know this till the last day i'm so angry there is a nice place for artists to eat like a sit-down restaurant with a nice menu not not a cruise buffet for all artists and i didn't know this until the last day and i was so tragic. mad tragic I was like, no, <laughs> it's so good what the hell damn no the food was actually really good um we got to go to Cabo for one day. I um, went 
to the orphanage with the wet foundation we volunteered um you know hung out with the kids and gave them like donations and stuff and then i went to meet cabo which was like the main club where they had everything and my best friend was there already and she was drunk like everyone was drunk it was so fun i get there and they're like yeah you have to like load money onto this card and like drinks are 25 dollars each so i'm just like jesus i know but like i was already so hungover from the night before i was like i just won't drink it'll be fine it'll be fine and then like after we're like we just want to leave me cabo because we're just like we're just over it we like go back and we can just wander around cabo you know no no one's stopping you from doing that so we just started wandering around cabo and we like found this little hole in the wall place and we just got i swear to god the best pina colada of my entire life like i cried it was so good that was probably one of my that and the casino night was like my two favorite memories was like drinking the best pina colada of my life with my best friend in cabo and DJing for Lee Reynolds and Green Velvet with all my like crazy Dirty Bird goofy booty bass house tracks that never got signed to Dirty Bird, like at <laughs> four in the morning at the casino. <laughs> oh my God, those are my two favorite memories from the whole the whole trip. That was- so. <laughs> So how did you, how did you then like, okay, so with Dirty Bird, then like, how did you finally get over the hump and like finally get your first like sign and like I get signed to your first show then? Like what fun? Dirty Bird really? Dude, I don't. I'm... No, I mean like, I'm like from there from like, oh, what, what got oh, you over? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like... So I, I got picked up by Insomniac and Mousetrap and mm-hmm. Night Beast and Box of Cats. And that... Yeah. You were on the collaboration album, weren't you? Yeah. Um... Yeah. That was, that was the start of it. So like pretty much what happened was, um. I did a bunch of stuff with Hood Politics Records. They're still around. They still make great music. They're San Diego based. I ha- I think I was like the 30p they ever made and like the seventh. Um, I'm not sure how many other female artists are on that label. I might be the only one. I'm not sure. Um, Badass if so. <laughs> yeah, I was also the third. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I did stuff with bottom, Rock Bottom Records. And my techno weighs a ton. Now that my techno weighs a ton, EP did very well, and I still mm. play those tracks in my sets to this day. Um, that's awesome. Especially "Hold On" because that's like everyone's favorite song for some reason. And then from there, you know, the pandemic happened, so that was, yep. you know, a thing. I didn't know if music was ever going to come back, so I kind of just like made whatever in my room. And then one day, I got an email from. Uh, A&R for Insomniac asking for songs. I sent the music and one got signed. I didn't know what it was even for. And when I found out it was like a mousetrap Insomniac collab, I was like freaking out. I've been sending yeah. it ever since. They've they've been signing it to In Rotation. I've had an In Rotation comp and then I had an In Rotation single that came out last week. Um, and, you know, trying to get inching slowly towards an actual insomniac records single that's my goal that's that's the goal that'd be that'd be really well, cool I that's this like winter. i want my night based single too and i'm already in communication with with aaron about that um because he's really excited i've sent him some interesting songs and he gives really good feedback he always listens like immediately he listens quicker than his anr does like if i dm aaron he's like oh i gotta hear this right now and he'll listen to it <laughs> 
I appreciate no, I low key appreciate that. I always thought I don't know why. I always thought that kind of job or role would be like the coolest. Thing. I actually do it for this. Like people will submit music, and like I love getting on there and listening. Like right away, I was like, oh, please be fucking good. Like I get ex- genuinely excited about like hearing a new song, and hopefully, like it's really good. cool. That's the problem. Being A a lot of it isn't good, and you feel like I'm just. I have I have heard some very funny submissions. Like I not like making fun of anyone's music, but like I like there's been songs I genuinely actually was starting no, to laugh at. To be honest with you, I've made music like that before, so we all have. <laughs> okay, so I made a song supposed to be like hilarious on purpose. It's in that folder I gave you. The name of the song is "Fucking Club." <laughs> I think I made it for Nightbase, and I'm pretty sure that Aaron's reaction, I can't remember what the email said. It was like, this is a really well-developed track, but the lyrics are a little too goofy for me, or they're like a little too cheesy for me. And I'm like, <laughs> every That's time funny. I played this song, people lose their shit. I mean, they really? lose, the- they go hog wild. I see the weirdest things going on in the crowd when I play this. I mean, that's what I think. That's what good EDM takes is really fucking weird lyrics. And I love those techno songs where the lyrics just like don't make sense, but you're, you're just like this anyways, and you're just like going with it, and nothing makes sense. But then the drop hits super fucking hard. So if I want, would rather, almost rather you play that instead of my new my release coming up. I kind of do because I just want you to hear it because it's really fun. <laughs> it's just, okay, we'll 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 do a switch up. And and before I forget, you so you said what song was it that you think? people love the most it's called hold on hold on yeah. so you think everyone's favorite song of yours is hold on well, is I, your f- i think now i think it's changed to make sense my night you know, we know what doesn't make sense is that your everyone's favorite song is not your song called favorite song so that's what doesn't oh, make God. sense oh yeah that was for oh my god that was for the edc comp west end helped me with that track yeah, it's a cool fucking song, and and the fact that it's apparently no one's favorite song, and it's called favorite song, which I is kind it. of I made it. I made it with me. this. Ooh, I like the Dooley keyboard. That's sick. That's a Roland SH two hundred one. It's vintage. Sli- slight flex, got- whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 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 fucking that's pretty cool. Um, uh, that so line is a Roland SH two hundred one. A Roland SH. I, I love it. I I like it a lot. Um, let's talk about your songs a little more than since we're on the topic, right? Uh, you just released Escape From You with Sean Lafayette. Um, mm-hmm. um, awesome song. Great song. Huge fan. I was I was ripping it a bit. Uh, so when I'm listening to it, my first thought here is, um, wh- who did you have to escape from to inspire this song? Clearly, so, what went on? It seemed like a really nice way to say like you were escaping from someone. Tell me about it. It's not from anyone. Uh, I had a pretty bad Allegedly. cocaine problem for a while and it's about oh no. <laughs> oh no whoa what the f- Someone, hey someone's gotta give me a he- someone's gonna give me a heads up before i'm gonna get that no, dropped on me i don't feel like i feel like it's not common i don't i don't really mind talking about it i feel like there's a big stigma talking about stuff like that especially like in this industry um but like yeah i had like a problem like it was kind of bad uh but I've been like completely off of it for two and a half years. And like, obviously being a DJ, being backstage, being in some of these spaces, like I'm around it a lot. Um, so it's just one of those things that I just, you know, kind of have to deal with. And I think one of the people that really helped me with that a lot is um, Taylor Lane from Arnold and Lane. I don't know if you know where they are. They're really fantastic. Dirty bird artists. They're quite famous. Um, they, I've actually known Taylor Lane for almost a decade. Like he used to not be sober. 
at all. Um, he has been sober, I think either six or seven years now. And wow, yeah, okay. like completely like no, none of this, no, no wine, like no, no weed, nothing like completely sober, but they're still, you know, they tour more than I do. And I, I always see them out at shows and like, they can just be around stuff all the time and it doesn't bother them at all. So like, I just remember getting like his advice and was like, how have you like dealt with this? And he was like, it's, you know, it's one of those things where every day it gets a little easier, but you have to like maintain your sobriety every single day. You can't yeah. have like one slip up. Like it has to be like every day. And I think that yeah. things for me where I, I had to remove a few people from my life even because like I, those people were just like just as deep in it as I was and like it was you know it was just one of those things that's like really hard and it's like look not, not enough people talk about that because I'm not the only person dealing with this in yeah. industry at this level like there's a lot of people but they never talk about it so I mean I think everyone is to each their own. I've always, I think I felt I am no expert or anything. I, I know little, but I've always felt like talking about it, like you talked about it and you got great advice that has helped you out. So I feel like uh, talking about it, making it known. And then like you, you're able to easy, more, more easily have access to people who can help you through something. than if you like talk about it instead of keeping it bottled, but I don't know, that's always at least the one vantage point I think of, I found in like, if you need to, if you have something going on, I'd like to talk about it and you might just find yourself in a situation like you did where, you get the help you needed and it's been great and healthy for you. It sounds like you loving it too. Well, yeah. I mean, I had to get professional help to like get me out of that. I had a therapist and I also started taking antidepressants and I feel like a lot of DJs are afraid to do that because they think it's going to their mm -hmm. creativity. And I'm here to tell you that I am more creative than I've ever been. So that's not true. I mean, <laughs> you know, no, it can't be. You're putting out great songs. You got more songs coming up. You got a lot of big things in the works. So it's like, there's no way it's true. Yeah. I, I refuse to believe it then. In that you case. have to take care of yourself in that way because the way that being in this industry works is it will take everything you have and then ask for more. And mm -hmm. if you're giving too much of yourself somewhere else, you know, like in an unhealthy way, like you, it's really easy to burn out. And, like, I have friends that are, like, touring all over the country, like, big, big touring artists that have this persona of being, like, you know, party all the time and, like, let's get fucked up, let's do drugs. But in reality, they're sober. They don't do anything. Like, they might have a drink here or there, and but, like, they pretend to chug on the stage. They're not actually chugging anything, dude. What? Yeah, because if you do that, you can't. You really think someone that plays 300 shows a year is getting blackout drunk every single day? Hell no, they're not. They're not. I figured, I figured Steve Aoki was like an entertain, like dip, dabbling a little bit, something like that. I mean, like, I feel like Steve Aoki probably parties here and there, but maybe not like all yeah. the time. I feel like Steve Aoki is one of those dudes who's like always not live, like always live. Steve, personally, but like, I do know a lot of like, you know, really big touring artists and. I, one thing I did notice is that a lot of them, I mean, even if they're not like sober all the time, like they, they keep their shit together, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like that's well, important is like just being able to like have that sense of like moderation and knowing when it's time to stop. And if you don't have that sense of moderation, then being totally sober might be what's right for you. Yeah. You know, DJs that are extremely famous that are just totally sober and they don't do anything at all. And like, good for them. <laughs> As 
I mean, at the end of the... As you get bigger, there's like one point where you're like, if I keep partying this hard, I won't be able to make it to that next level. Is, but is, that's like everything, though. I mean, at the end of the day, for you and all y'all, it's it's your job, it's your career, it's what you're passionate about. Like, um, you know, sometimes I mean, you just gotta like mature, up, mature up a little, like kind of grow up. I mean, if you can, if you can pull through, I mean, like I think about '80s rock bands. Those motherfuckers probably went harder than anyone to this day, and it, it caused a lot of problems for their shows. It definitely. You seen them? They don't look okay, or the ones they don't look okay. The ones that are like, still alive they, don't look like, great. How did they do that? I don't know how. I like how do they do that? Whatever because it must have been. Is a lot together and as a DJ, you're one thing. You have to yeah. do social media. Have to like keep up appearances and mm-hmm. like most of us have a team. I am just now getting a team. Like literally, ooh, had a blowing up the potential manager. I have done this entire tour with no representation. I had one friend that was helping me with the bookings, with the advancing and stuff like that. No manager, no big agency. And I play Coachella. Like, I feel like people assume I have yeah. a team or a no. It's literally just me typing away, like making songs, like advancing stuff on my own, doing all my social media, recording videos, hiring photographers and like all this other stuff, you know? But uh, I think that would probably be the difference between us and like bands because bands it's a collaboration it's a group effort yeah and, oh, that is just us yeah that is i i appreciate that hustle more than anything that is incredibly badass that when you sent me like the email from your personal email i was like oh fuck yeah i love like connecting with the actual artists when i send out like trying to get in touch with y'all um i love that hustle that grind like i mean i, I can kind of resonate this this whole channel of you know audio b shows i'm just a one-man show trying to put it all together manage everything so how hard it is to even even like something small even something small mm-hmm. can be a full-time job you know like i on top of a full-time I, job it is not a regular job anymore this is my full-time job i'm squeezing and that is awesome <laughs> That's no, that's fucking awesome. I I had the dream once of like I wanted to make music my full time job. It it didn't work out, but it kind of led me to this point. And like, it takes so much. And if you want to get out what you're like putting in, you got to put in so much. Like again, like something I stress. Like one of the reasons this channel is made, just maybe because I did a little bit of production, but it's like this this audio beat show has like the sleepless nights. You know, the creative mind blocks. Like all that's in mind. Like the last thing you want to do is spend your time on like promotion sometimes and stuff that's gonna take away from the music becomes like doing all the other shit is like kind of the last thing you want to focus on. You're drained. You've been sleeping little. You've just like dumping all your creativity yeah. out on a, on a MacBook or on a DAW. That's like another a, thing is like, if, if you aren't feeling it one day, then you don't have to do it. If you like, don't force yourself to do it when you're just really not feeling it. Like I really try something that I try to do is like if even if it's something like organizing my files or listening to in-flight stuff or making a video for tiktok as long as i'm doing something every day even if it's not producing i feel productive you know um but like as far as forcing myself to produce nothing good has ever come of that i listen to the songs they're not good i sound tired (laughs) like the songs sound great Mm -hmm. the best stuff comes when you're like oh my god i'm feeling this so hard Mm -hmm. it just comes really Like, uh, that song, uh, the fucking club song. 808. No, no, no. <laughs> fucking club is the name of the song. Oh, fucking club. Oh yeah. The, the, the goofy it, one. It's so good though. My, best, okay. I'm going to have to hear she this. She literally, she, 
I very rarely hear things like that from her. She's like, I'm obsessed with this song. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this shit. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, let's. So this this got me thinking. I want to jump right here now. So I'm going to go ahead and start this segment I've I've kicked off with people, and it's called uh, Random Question. This and this is just this popped in my head just because of this 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 the subject. So it's not totally random, but don't feel pressured to do it or not. Let's say you're in one of those rhythms where the music's flowing, everything's feeling great. You just lay down a fat mean drop, and you feel great about it. What is your go-to face when you make that drop and you hear it for the first time? <laughs> is that the mean mug? <laughs> no, you're not going to do it again. I hope you know that. <laughs> not one of these? No, I'm just like... Yeah, the mean mug. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure some faces come out, like, on stage, too, when you're just, like, feeling your shit on stage. Like, what's, I mean, do you have a favorite on stage that seems to just slap every time? You need to have it. Oh, no sets go without it. A song you have to play what? every time? Or, like, a Yeah, some, yeah, one that just, like, it's going to be, it's going to win every single time I, I drop For it. For two and a half, three years, that was Dance Floor Pornography by Johnny Two Shots, who now goes acid mom. Um, I <laughs> played it at Coachella. I played it at DDC. I played it maybe once on Group Cruise, but I'm going to slowly start retiring it. Um, for nine, no, I'll, it's, it's not dying. It's going to come, like, trust me. I wish I just, it is. I, I've played it too much. I've too many times. I still love it to death. It's, like, one of my favorites. But it it, it, it needs to wait to come back. Um, for right now, Arnold... Arnold of your songs. Let's call it... Let's say your songs now. Of your songs. My stuff. What I... No, I, I wanted the one that wasn't yours. Uh, and then, like, I want to hear uh, the one... Dude, of I swear to God, every time I play that song, people <laughs> lose their shit. Like, they lose it. All right. People do the weirdest stuff. I literally was playing that song and I looked down and Lee Reynolds, like the the own like the founding father of Desert Hearts, is like <laughs> out. And this is like this is like four, you know, on the ship. That dance is the ultimate compliment a DJ could ever get. Is that dance? Like, yes, that dance is the DJ's the ultimate giant compliment. Squigs, they're good. <laughs> that. Like, I'm not gonna stop talking about it so you play it. I'm gonna play no, I'm gonna play it. Not right now. I promise you I'm gonna play it and I'm gonna send you how I feel about it and I'll we'll go from there. It's, it's really it's kinda heavy though. It's like, like I'm ready for that. Like Ace like Aaron was like, I like this, but it's goofy. I need it. Alright, well I'm gonna need it in my life. I'm gonna get a little bit of it in my life. Um what you kinda touched on what's coming up. Um you've had a lot of action going on this year. Sounds like you're still kind of prioritizing some things to close out the year. Um, what kind of can we expect from you throughout the rest of the year now, like project wise or like tour wise? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, most? so I have a track coming out on November the fourth. That's a Friday, next Friday, on Gene Ferris's label Ferris Wheel. This is a very special track. Um, and when I started the track, I kind of made it like I wanted it to be night bassy, but it ends up being really, really deep. So when I sent it to Aaron, he was like, this is deep, you know, it's a little too deep for us. And then and the more I listened to it, I'm like, you know, this Gene might like this track. He might like it. And so I texted it to Gene and he was like, I love this. He signed it. And who's, who's Gene again? I'm Gene Ferris. One of the founding fathers of Chicago 
Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. okay. <laughs> Disconnected from that one. No, it's okay. <laughs> brain brain went dead for like no, five seconds trying no, to think. Yeah, I don't know. Gene Ferris. He's like one of the founding fathers of like the tech house movement in Chicago. I look up to him immensely. And we became friends okay. a few years ago because he um does a lot of collaborations with like my mentor, Goff. Um they had a really successful track called Aphrodisiac that came out. I don't can't remember. I think it may have come out on Dirty Bird. I can't really remember where it came out. Um, but that track came out oh, and it, like, yeah, just look up Aphrodisiac by G. Yeah, oh. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, keep telling the story. I'm not to be rude. Yeah. Um I, I just need to see his face. Yeah. So he's like super, super tall. Um I met him in San Diego, I think it was like three years ago, like right before the pandemic. Um and we all hung out that night and we became friends and it took me two more years before I felt confident enough to send him something for his label Ferris wheel. So it's, uh, I think they only release singles. Um, and they've done a lot of really fantastic tracks that range everything from like super deep to like vibey and groovy to like kind of hard, but also deep. So I thought this would be a mm. good track for his label. Um, and my buddy also lives in Chicago, Steve Gerard. He's half of Bassera boys. I sent it to him. He's like, you got to send this to Gene. He'll love it. <laughs> so I yeah. sent it on over and he signed it immediately. It was great. It was amazing. Hell yeah. yeah. So that one is coming out. That one is 100% me. No, there's no um, collaborations on that at all. It's just me. That one's yeah, yeah. One coming out on the 4th. And then in January, Noisy's label Techna has a track by me and Zoff. Uh, she lives in Seattle. Her name is Zoe. Really sweet girl. I worked with Oh fuck! That's where I'm at. I gotta. I'm gonna have to hit up Zoff. This is. I want this. This should be good. Yeah, her. Yeah. Her friend is my um, mastering engineer, Ima. Oh damn! Her, his. Uh, I think his mastering. His mastering company is Hume Audio, and then his DJ name is his last name backwards. So Ima Hume Ima, um, and then his girlfriend is Zoff Z O F. They live in Seattle. Um. She came up, well, she sent me a track. I used her vocals and some of the main synths, and I just kind of, like, built a track around it. So I did. It's actually a pretty balanced 50-50 track. I feel like a lot of collabs aren't like that. Um, but it really is, like, I did, like, the bass line, the drums, the song structure, and the effects. She did the lyrics, the vocals, um, and the synths, and it really just, like, Hmm. Yeah, so Noizu liked the song enough to sign it to his label, and that's a big compliment right there. Um, yeah. And then I don't have anything signed with Nightbase yet, but Aaron is like, we want a single for you. So then that's mm -hmm. the next step is to get my single out on Nightbase. Whenever, that's fucking whenever I make one, you know. It's gonna happen. It's happening. We're manifesting it. Yeah. The single's gonna happen on Nightbase. I was. I'm curious. It will find a good home. It'll find a home. It'll find a home. It'll be comfy, cozy, um, and live in people's ears for a while. I'm sure. Um, but I was curious, really quick, before we jump off. I was. Um, we talk about collaboration. Question I always had that I guess I don't know how I haven't asked someone like yourself. Like when you're doing collab project, let's say it's like three people on it, and you're all kind of like. Kind of the same style like how would you like decide on how that goes like you just pick your like i do this best let me handle this i do this two things i'll handle this and then someone just has the baseline and then that's how it goes like how does that kind of work itself out okay so maybe it's different in all situations when you like, see a song with like four 
three or four people on there. That seems great. Usually, usually, now this is not 100% of the time, there's usually just one person did almost all of it. And the other two names are kind of slapped on. Like, they're because, I'm not kidding. I wish I was. Because, yeah, like, the other names will be slapped Take it back. Take it back. I don't believe it. I'll take it back. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if I was lying to you. Oh, no. Those people, sometimes, no, most of the time, most of the time, I'm not saying all the time, because sometimes they do. Sometimes everyone gets in the studio together and bangs out a track. But, like, if you're going to see, like, the average track that has, like, three or four names on it, it's usually mostly just, like, one person's work. And... And there's like there's like someone send like a like a drum line and someone sends a bass line and that's all they contribute or like there's got to be some reason their name's on so it. So you sometimes their name is on it because they're famous, and, and it's um, just gonna help the track get some. Or sometimes yeah. their name is on it because they got it in front of the right ears to get it a good release. You know. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break your. I mean, actually, you know, when you think when you say it like that, I guess I kind of. It sucks. It's it's like a letdown, but um, well, okay. So there are some songs, but it makes work. sense. I mean, I make sense. Like if I, I get it, it just sucks. It just but I, I want to give an example of a track that isn't like that to make you feel better. So okay, kill the noise and the noise controllers and God, get loose. Do you remember that track Get Loose that came out in like 2014? I just want to get loose when the beat drops. Do you? Oh yeah, that sounds. You know, that sounds like most techno songs, but I think song, I yeah. that <laughs> has like four different drops. That one was a collaboration between all those people. They went on there and they put their okay. own drop. Okay, yeah. cool. Because that's what I always listen for. I was like, I always try to pick out like, oh, this person must have done that part. Like, I always try to pick it out, but it seems like not. Well, I, I feel like sometimes maybe, in but... some duos, there's one person that does all the production and one person that just does like the marketing aspect. Of yeah, and then I've noticed. And that. then there are also duos that, or there's acts that don't produce at all, and they just got where they are for knowing X, Y, and Z, or being in the right place in the right time. And like, good for them, no hate at all. But when you see their names on a track, it's usually them like saying, "Oh, I think this would sound cool there," but they're not actually doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe just don't tell me any of those names. Don't, I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know who's doing that. That information out of me. No one would ever tell me anything you said, again if you I just, were to say names. My God. <laughs> you said you do it? You said you're one of them? I ghost produce for people. No, but you are one of those people who does nothing. That's what you just said, I right? do everything. I'm the one that, okay, yeah. I'm the one that carries <laughs> the group project. However... I was going to say... Oh, you get everyone the A. I love well, that. Well, and the, the the past few. Okay, so if I'm being dead honest about the past few collaborations, so this one coming up with Zoff is a true fifty fifty collab, which again I said is rare. It is truly is a cool. great representation about of both of what we contributed to the track. The one I made, John, awesome. that one is unique because that track was finished before I even met the guy. It was a totally different song. He kind of reimagined it using my stems. And I really love the direction it went in. So we released it. And then I have one that I just made with my buddy, Sean. He's Ice Creams. That one is, believe it or not, that's mostly Sean. I'd say 70% Sean. 
I'm doing the vocals and I'm also doing um, a lot of the effects because it was pretty much done when I got it. Um, but, you know, every single collab, there's it, it's very rare for it to be a complete 50-50. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I've also done collabs where I do most of it, you know, like it, it's just, it's just like back and forth. But when you talk about something like contributing as like a vocalist, but also I feel like a lot of people that contribute as vocalists to tracks should get rep, should get collab status because the track, no one would give, no one would care if it didn't have that iconic yeah. vocal. You know, I think Halion is a great example. I love her. So now she's a friend of mine. Like we became friends on Groove Cruise. That was cool. But like That's you sweet. know, her her iconic song that she did with Gareth Emery on Monster Cat. In this silence, I believe in this silence. It's like iconic. You heard it. You've heard it a million times. <laughs> I'm not remembering it. That's what's happening. I think I'm just not remembering it then. I'll listen to it. I'm gonna listen to it after this, I'm, I and I'll remember. I promise it. you, if you listen to it, you will know what it is. It, it was on every radio song. station. I think it has 10 million plays on Spotify. Like they got nominated Phew. for a Grammy. I promise you've heard it. <laughs> okay, I know. I, I just have to hear it. It's just one of those things. I always just have to hear it, and I'm like, yeah, I just didn't know the name of it. But he was credited it. as a vocalist when it, it, no one would care about it, and if her voice wasn't on it. Your uh, that I don't know why I remember your song "Take Flight." That doesn't have any vocals on it, right? My song, what? Take flight. I literally don't even know. <laughs> I think it's your song, "Take Flight." So I don't know why I just thought it. it doesn't have any vocals, but like it's a seven-minute long song, and it's just like a straight-up journey, though. Like it's one of those songs that doesn't have any vocals, but like it takes you through an entire story. Um, <gasps> oh, that one. That's for my I don't even remember what it sounds like. I gotta listen to it. That sounds fucking cool. It is an absolute journey. Maybe you can't if you don't remember it, then I won't ask it. I was gonna like Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the song. I, I think you've inspired me to add it back to my USB because I haven't like Fuck yeah. It's a fun song and like it's a really long time, but it would be really good for like some of the weirder set times that I play, like that that's five AM stuff. That's a that's a that is such a vibe. I was listening to it, I was like, it literally takes you through I was gonna ask where your head goes. Like if what's your journey when you hear that song? Like you're taking flight, where are you going when you're hearing that song? That's okay, so that's the thing about my music. I feel like most of my more popular songs have been peak driving stuff, but I don't just play peak driving stuff. Like ask anyone that was on group cruise with me. I played a total daytime set. I played a deep minimal underground set. I played a vocal melodic set. I played like really heavy bass house set. Like I do all. Is this over like the five days, right? Yeah. So I played six sets in five days. I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah. I'd imagine. Nine hours. Damn. I am not sorry. Because. No, every single range that I have in my music, I feel like you do need to like be able to play pretty much any style, especially when you're coming up and you're not always given like the peak set time. And I feel like people that find themselves in like headliner positions like suddenly and that's all they ever have, they're losing out on that opportunity to like play 
an opening mm-hmm. set or a sunrise set or a closing set. Closing sets are fun. Mm. Closing sets are great. It's probably mm-hmm. a vibe. They are. I like I close for Diplo. Um Haley asked me to actually she asked me to close for her in uh at Webster Hall in New York. That didn't work out, but I will be working working with her more closely because like I'm such a huge fan of her. She's such a huge influence of mine. Um so just the fact that I was asked to do that at all is like it's such an honor. Well, that is I mean, that's really badass. And I um speaking of, you know, good vibes, I wanna I wanna end the episode leaving everyone on a really good vibe. Um, and we talked about it. It sounds like you'd be cool if we'd share um, your song coming out on November 4th. Yeah. Is it yeah. a dream? Do you want to drop that on people's yeah. heads right Is now? it a dream? Yeah, let's, I would love to drop that on people's heads right now. Yeah, if you're cool with that. yeah it's a fun oh, what's, what's the song? What's the song about for you? Like, you know, what, what should, where should it take us when we're listening it's to it? Bop. It's a it's fucking just, bop. It's just the stance. The the buildup is more like ethereal and you're just like, Ooh, what's going on? Um, but like I said, this, I did, when I made this, I kind of made it for night based in mind, but it went in a different direction. So kind of keep that in mind. It's a little heavier than you might be used to. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm excited for it. Um, Cosmalia, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great hearing your stories. Yeah. It was great talking to you. Um, big fan of your music. Um, one day I'm hoping I get to see one of your sets live. That'd be fucking really yeah. cool. Um, and then, yeah, let's again, thank you. I start to support you will be, you know, I guess really quick before we kick it over, where, where can the folks find you on, you know, Instagram, where can they find Cosmolia? Uh, Cosmolia music on Instagram. And then on Twitter, I think it's Cosmolia official. But okay. yeah, if you usually just type in C A S M A, I'll come up. Usually. Okay. I mean, it was easy to find you. We got you. Um, I'll get every, I'll get all your links sent out everywhere. But thank you again for coming on. Um, and now, this sounds like a dream. I'd want to get lost in a dance party. So let's kick over to the dance party. That is, is it a dream? Is it a dream?